The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob and Chez Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set Give yourself a hand or take two They're small, tiny in fact Teeny tiny. They're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Wrong. Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world, this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Right on! With Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. It's those guys, man. It's the f***ing bankers, the politicians. They're the ones that want to make coke illegal. So they can make the f***ing money, and then they get the f***ing votes. They're fighting the bad guys. They're the bad guys. You f*** anything and anyone. Can't you stop saying f*** all the time? Can't you stop talking about money? It's boring, Tony. What is the score for, man? Boring? What's boring? You're boring. Oh. Money, 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 money. That's all I ever hear in this house. Money, look at it. Pelican, fly. Come on, pelican. The best music on the best station. Wrong. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is Thursday, September 29, 2016, and this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob Seska, and that is Chez Pazienza sitting right over there. Hi, Chez. Good morning. Wrong. We're brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Wrong. Yeah, no. <laughs> if you want free legal advice, head over to thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chez, or just click the link in the podcast page. You might need free legal advice if you've been doing uh, illegal business in Cuba, despite the uh, embargo back in 1998. Right, Mr. Trump? Wrong. <laughs> I I would love to see this stick. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm I, I hold no hope again. I hold no hope for anything anymore because uh, so little has managed to stick to him. I mean, even yep. even Eichenwald's last piece, which was extraordinary, but I'm but this one this one is has the potential to target a very, very specific and important group of people. Yes. Cuban uh, exiles. Exactly. And the Cuban exiles. And the families of Cuban exiles. Fam- fam- Cuban-American exiles. It's, it's Cuban-Americans. So, it, it's so weird that we're talking about, you know, the anti-Castro Cubans, et cetera. It's, it's like 1962 all again. Oh, believe me, dude. I grew up in Miami. I know. But, uh, I mean, the big headline from uh, Newsweek is how Donald Trump's company violated the United States embargo against Cuba. This is, again, our, uh, our friend Kurt Eichenwald. And uh, this is a pretty big bombshell, I think, because Trump has tremendous support in, and I'm I'm starting to use his words. It's some, like it's really a weird kind of stockholder. It's tremendous. <laughs> it's I, tremendous. I, have tremendous I, I have tremendous support. Well, you know why? It's because he's got the best words. I know words. I have the best words. <laughs> yeah, it's a tremendous, tremendous story. He's got tremendous support uh, from the uh, the the Cuban population so you, you in Florida. About that, though? 
Do you ever yeah. wonder, like, if he becomes president, or even if he doesn't, that yeah. suddenly his, you know, his idiocy will seep into the lexicon? Oh God! Everyone's going to start talking. It is. It's going to be idiocracy. Everyone's going to. He'll basically bring everyone down to his stupid level. <laughs> That's right. Everyone's walking around going titties. <laughs> right. Everyone's saying. I feel like a supermodel, except like times ten. I love yeah. the poorly educated. Yeah, the thing that the thing that 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 both of us wrote about. Well, yeah. I wrote about before, and and you wrote about this week about Trump's effect on kids. Yeah, which is you know you can see now it'll be okay for you know a kid to get up there in front of class after that fucking debate. Yeah, really. And after listening to Trump talk it's going to be easy for a kid to get up there and, you know, do a book report in class. And let me tell you something. This book was very, very tremendously good. Believe me. Believe me. And that's it. A plus. What do you think, Mr. Trump? Wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's already happening. I'm finding and, and, myself and, 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 and saying and Trump time, words too time, much. Every time there's one of those book yeah. reports, the teacher will have to say, the teacher will have to turn to the corner of the class, say, Meatloaf, was that book report any good? Absolutely. Oh, by the way, that was in the Frontline special. The scene with Meatloaf from so the good. from Celebrity Apprentice from, I don't know what it was, five years ago or whatever, where, where Donald Trump asks Meatloaf if, if he should run for president. And then Meatloaf, of course, responds, Absolutely. You know, just really quickly on this little tangent before we, we move on to more important stuff. Yeah. The thing about the Frontline special, I, I as I said, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I, I watched a I lot do want to talk about it at length today. So I watched the beginning of it, and we can't let this man win. No. Because the, because the entire thing, his entire run for presidency, for the presidency, has, has basically began with him being insulted. And it's all it's all revenge. Yeah, it all began with uh, Barack Obama in 2011 <laughs> making fun of Donald Trump at the White House Correspondents' Center. And that was kind of the idea, but I think Donald Trump had presidential aspirations before that. Oh, I mean, oh, I think oh, he, he did, but he just toyed with it. I think yeah. after that, it's, I, I agree with Frontline, that after that is when he was just like, eh, screw it, I'll show you. And as, uh, as that f***ing monster <laughs> Omarosa says, you know, <laughs> right. all will bow down to Trump, to oh, Mr. Trump. God. Yeah, so much to talk about with regard to that Frontline special. I mean, there were so many things in there that I just have to talk about. And believe it or not, a lot of those things have to do with Hillary Clinton. I mean, I have, and I'll just to preview what I'm going to say here, I have an all-new respect for Hillary Clinton. And, and I mean that genuinely. I mean, I really haven't come out during the course of this election cycle and full-throatedly endorsed Hillary Clinton yet. I realize I haven't done that. but But now, after watching that special... She she has to be president. I mean, yeah. absolutely, she has earned this. So we're going to talk I, about that. I really like I really like with that that gin and tacos piece. Yeah, where where they because it it hit me too. It dawned on me too. Watching those two on stage together is the first time that I sat there and I thought this this poor woman. Yeah, she's up there with a fucking buffoon. Really, really with a buffoon. And it was and you know what? I try I try really hard to avoid a lot of the sort of gender politics of of all of it because I want to see her win on her own merits and I believe that she should but yeah I, I sat there and I watched it and I'm like an incompetent man <laughs> basically trying to yeah. condescend to a brilliant prepared woman and this is a man too who has spent his entire life just trying to become a better d- yeah, you know what I mean. Like, not, yeah. not even a better. I mean, just I'm um, not by better meaning he's he's a good guy, not like that. But right. he's he's actually honing his dick skills, 
And that has sure. been his entire career. And this is, I mean, I really want to dig into this. We got to talk about this Castro thing. We got to talk about this Cuba story. And then we'll move on. We'll talk about Frontline. And I've got a little false equivalence experiment here that I discovered uh, after the debate. It was There was a report on Good Morning America that talked about the candidates interrupting each other. So right. I'm going to play that audio and then I'm going to tell you what actually happened. And this mm-hmm. is just, to me, this just illustrates, it's not any sort of breaking news, but it perfectly illustrates what we've been talking about in terms of how the press, how the political press, how the mainstream press turns everything into, well, they're basically tied. They're basically yeah. equal on everything, you know, and, and it is it's so terribly, terribly frustrating. It's tremendously frustrating. Wrong. Tremendously. tremendously. Very, very, very frustrating. Believe me. So this is uh, Kurt Eichenwald in Newsweek magazine. This is another big scoop by Kurt. Um, a company controlled by Donald Trump, the Republican nominee for president, secretly conducted business in communist Cuba during Fidel Castro's presidency, despite strict American trade bans that made such undertakings illegal, according to interviews with former Trump executives, internal company records, and court filings. Uh-huh. I, whether this is going to have an impact on Trump, I, I'm not exactly sure, but I do know where it's going to have an impact, and this will absolutely uh, help Hillary Clinton. And that is, that is of course, it's of course Florida. I'm talking about Florida, Florida, Florida. This is this is coming from the voice of experience here, having lived through, (laughs) having lived through every ban from Cuba that ever came through was picketed and had stuff thrown at them and death threats. And I lived through Alpha 66, you know, bombing cigar factories in Little Havana Uh Um, and and basically, you know, the Cuban exiles losing their minds whenever anything happened that they, you know, they felt was beneficial to Castro under normal circumstances. This even with the even with the oldest of the hardliners finally kicking off, thank fucking God, um, this should should absolutely destroy Trump. Yeah. In in Miami. However, however, however yeah, um, Trump can blame the media and people will believe it. Uh, yeah. And and not only that, but. The hey, it, it, this is what it's going to be. Is it's going to be? Let's see what comes out. What let's see what what rises to the surface. This newfound oh my god, I can't believe that that Trump is you know supported a communist, um, or you know supported Castro, not just a communist Jesus, yeah, or. 25 years worth of visceral hatred for Hillary Clinton. Right, right. Well, I think it's it's just now, though, a matter of that 10 to 20 percent of voters who haven't made up their stupid f-ing minds yet. And I shouldn't be talking about swing voters that way since they're deciding the election, but it's about 18 percent oh, no, of, uh, of voters. I, I, like, I like when Marr beats up on them, when Bill Marr because they deserve it. Yeah, I mean, really, if you haven't made up your mind yet, what the f*** is wrong with you? Seriously. Uh, but, I mean, this is going to be a, uh, crucial for Florida, and if we look at Nate Silver's 538 projections, Florida is now light blue. It has once again returned to being uh, basically lean Hillary at this point, where it was, it's been pink for, for too long now, making me nervous. And, uh, and I have a strong feeling that based on the results of the debate, based on Trump's continued uh, harping on uh, Alicia Machado, which is just absolutely f***ing insane, and based, based, I think, on swing voters making up their minds now, I think we're going to see a swing, uh, a very solid swing back to Hillary Clinton. And that's knock on wood, of course. But this is also going to help because this is about 
Florida documents show that the Trump company spent a minimum of $68,000 for its 1998 foray into Cuba at a time when the corporate expenditure of even a penny in the Caribbean country was prohibited without U.S. government approval. But the company did not spend the money directly. Instead, the Trump, with Trump's knowledge, by the way, executives funneled the cash for the Cuba trip through an American consulting firm called Seven Arrows Investment and Development Corp. Once the business consultants traveled to the island and incurred the expenses for the venture, Seven Arrows instructed senior officers with Trump's company, then called Trump's Hotels and Casino Resorts, how to make it appear legal by linking it after the fact to a charitable effort. Brilliant. Wow. The payment by Trump Hotels came just before the New York business mogul launched his first bid for the White House, seeking the nomination of the Reform Party. On his first day, under, under, under no circumstances should should we, you know, anybody who gives you that uh, that false equivalency where, you know, well, Hillary Clinton is the corrupt one. You, go f- yourself. Yeah, or, they're, or they're both cor- they're both equally corrupt. They absolutely yeah. are not a- any liberal. I mean, again, I'm going back to the frontline thing and we, we might yeah. as well dive in. This, this, I mean, this Cuba thing, this is still going. I mean, this is going to be a major story for at least the next 48 hours. And we'll I see really how Trump so. Trump reacts. But this is getting into the, the frontline thing, which I, I really want to dive into because there's so much meat going on there. But as you were saying, with regard to Trump corruption, even set aside all of the fishy business dealings and all of the terrible things that I'm sure Trump has had his fingers in, his little stumpy fingers in for the last 40 years. The fact of the matter is that the Central Park Five story, this is something that I completely forgot about. I knew, I, oh, I mean, yeah. I, I, no, I remember. I remember the story, but, but I completely forgot about Trump's involvement in the Central Park Five story, where it was basically Trump was ground zero for destroying the reputation of these five kids who uh, were accused of attacking and raping someone in Central Park. And they were, of course, found out to be innocent of those charges. Trump turned that into such a three-ring circus. He, mm-hmm. he, he basically convicted them in the court of public opinion because he just repeatedly lashed out at them and, said, and, and, and was doing all the crap that he does now. I mean, he certainly didn't, uh, you know, do this. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh, I don't remember. But he was, I mean, he was obviously and abundantly racist. If you look at some of the clips of dopey Donald Trump talking into whatever camera he can find about how these punks went out and raped someone and murdered someone. And when are we going to uh, exact justice in America? Why are they, you know, why are they not? And he was calling for the fucking death penalty. For five innocent fucking kids. They didn't do it. This was one of the major, major Trump events. And I don't know why it's not talked about more, but I guess it's it's just caught in the tennis ball machine. It's just another Trump thing that, uh, that we're assaulted with on a daily basis. But this is a big fucking deal. The Central Park Five, I, I mean, I really hope, and this is maybe one of the, uh, the quivers in, uh, uh, or one of the arrows in, in Hillary Clinton's quiver, maybe she should bring this up at the next debate, because the Machado thing, uh, was also uh, something that was somewhat unexpected that I think Trump got blindsided with the, the debate too. But, well, I mean, the good thing—the good thing about Trump is that, especially relative to Hillary Clinton, is that Clinton's scandals are most of them are are uh, old. I mean, they're certainly the newer ones that he'll harp on. But yeah. you know, he he has he has been known to bring up stuff from forever ago, and whether new or old, she she speaks her mind and then lets it slide off her back. That's right. Trump Trump as we have seen 
throughout this election. I mean, Jesus Christ, at the first at the first um, debate, he attacked Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. He still hasn't gotten over that. Yeah. You know, Trump holds a grudge forever. Ask Graydon Carter. Ask Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, These yeah. are people who he won't. When you get under Trump's skin, he will never let it go. Yep. And, and that's so right. she can do that. She can call him out for this for the Central Park Five. I mean, and he'll and he'll step right on that landmine. Yeah, exactly. And this was completely illustrated in the Frontline special in terms of what his behavior is like. He's just a punk. He's just a punk kid from, uh, I don't know where he grew up. Bro, was it Brooklyn, where the first Trump house was there in Brooklyn? I can't remember. The, uh, you know, this documentary on Frontline did such a nice job. And, and again, they didn't need to embellish. They didn't need to take any sort of particular angle about it. These are just the contrasting lives of Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton spending her entire career one, trying to do good, trying to, uh, to to be as involved as she can be in public service and changing the course of the United States for the better. This has been her entire right. goal through public action and activism and politics. She is, I mean, for the, the a long period of time, she was a celebrity. I mean, she was better known than Bill Clinton was. She was in Washington, D.C. making major, major changes and then moved, abandoned all of that moved to Arkansas to be with Bill Clinton. And you talk about a complicated relationship. I, I have this theory now that Hillary Clinton sacrificed so much for Bill Clinton. I strongly believe, and, and maybe this is just me with, you know, I'm just in the throes of stress from coming to the election. Maybe my perspective is wrong. Right. I, I'm looking at this and I'm going, she really, really loves that guy. There is some sort of deep, profound love between the Clintons. And it's weird to say that because it's Bill and Hillary Clinton. But you don't go through what they've been through and stay together as a couple, you know, especially in the modern age, <clears throat> excuse me, in the modern age when divorce is, is easy. I mean, I've been divorced twice. I mean, <laughs> Chez has been divorced three times. Divorce uh-huh. is not. Wait, <laughs> that, that was wait, a question wait, mark wait, at the end. Wait, I have. Wait, what, what day is it? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I think there is a connection between those two because if someone with Hillary's brain and Hillary's got a big brain, she's an extraordinarily smart, extraordinarily savvy woman. And this was so emphasized in the, in the frontline special, but yet she, she gave it up, most of it up to go and to be with Bill in fucking Arkansas with the good old boy network. So while Donald Trump is up in Manhattan cultivating his dickishness, you know, failing in one business after another. He did, did, did fine with Trump Tower. Everything else he touched turned to shit, beginning with the Taj Mahal, right? Oh, and, oh, God, yes. And so basically, while Hillary Clinton is doing good and doing public service, Donald Trump's up there just like, you know, resorting to just licensing his name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's, he's got nothing. Else. All of his business ventures failed. So much debt, so much just uh, frivolous spending of other people's money. I mean, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars that they will never see. All those investors will never see again because Trump will, of course, go on to file a bunch of bankruptcies with you know his businesses and so on. Right. So Hillary Clinton goes to Arkansas, meanwhile, and uh, she's there with Bill. And then, of course, it's all of the good old boy crap. You know, you know there was a uh, some sort of cookout, some sort of fundraising cookout. And a bunch of Hillary's friends from Washington went down to Arkansas to join her for this. And uh, they're all sitting around a big table. Bill Clinton gets up. And this is, I think, in the late 70s. Bill Clinton gets up and a bunch of the men get up and they go. And they say, say, who's got the bowl with the keys in it? (laughs) 
<laughs> right. Wrong. Uh, they uh, they get up and they uh, they go off to talk politics. And of course, all the women go to stand except for Hillary Clinton. And she said, "We sit back down again. Mm-hmm. This is the men. Only the men are allowed to go and talk about politics. We can't go and join them." Meanwhile, um, Bill Clinton had run for governor, served two served two years, one two year term. And then went to run for re-election and failed. Yes. And and one of the problems with and one of the reasons they blamed the failed re-election bid is is on Hillary Clinton, who at Damn. that point was known as Hillary Rodham. She didn't change her name when they got married. So she's she's an uppity woman. Yeah, she's an uppity woman. So what did she have to do in order for Bill Clinton to be re-elected as governor in the next go-around? She had to change her hair. She had to lose weight. She had to get rid of the glasses. She had to change her name to Clinton or to uh, Rodham Clinton. Yeah. Right. Out of all of that, she had to make all of these major, major changes. Things that I think up to that point were kind of irrelevant to her. You know, she's yeah. not. She's not she, clearly, she's not someone who goes around wondering. Hmm. Wonder, I wonder what the latest fashions are. I wonder how she, I should do my hair. Obviously, she's doing those things because she understands that those are the rules of, of I, politics. I just, this is this is that thing. This goes back to that. Uh, that you know, I know that they caught a lot of flack for it from the Bernie people, but of course yeah. they do. Um, but the uh, that onion piece about you know, uh, you know, America unhappy that first. Well, woman ever to be nominated for president by a major party isn't inspirational enough. <laughs> Good you know, Lord. it's like if that anyone really, knew that really that that the that did bother me. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not fucking naive. I am a cynical son of a bitch. Yeah. I tend to think the worst about people. Uh-huh. And you know what? If you don't see Hillary Clinton as inspirational in some way, if you don't read that story and see that, certainly if you're if you're uh, uh, you know, I'm not even going to call you liberal anymore. I'm just going to say, if you're smart America, then you're a fucking. You're not smart America. You're a moron. No, absolutely not. I mean, for God's sake, this is a woman who has an inspiring journey, and and it's it's weird. Again, it's weird to say that about a, a Clinton, but that is absolutely true. And there's an actually there's a, a pretty good metaphor that I came up with while watching Frontline and seeing what she has had to endure, one obstacle after another, throughout her journey to get here. And uh, I think it's one that actually um, a lot of millennials, a lot of younger voters could actually relate to, not to mention uh, those of us who are old, <laughs> who, who also uh, are familiar with this uh, this uh, analogy that I'm going to come up with. But before we do that, we got to talk about uh, Harry's razors. You know, I was worried for a while with, with my Harry's. I love my Harry's razor. And I was concerned about the lack of the trimming blade. On the Harry's, there was no trimming blade on the Harry's razors. There's some areas I've got like I don't, su- I don't even know what in the hell that is. <laughs> the trimming blade, the, the extra little blade on the top that you use to trim the the hair under your nose, basically. You learn something new every day. <laughs> I know. I, and, then, and then you also you can also uh, I've got big uh, big chops, big sideburns, but you also have to trim with the trimming blade. So I use that too. But I get it. I had doubts when Harry's came along offering state of the art razor blades for half the price we've been paying. And we've tried the cheap disposables. That shreds our faces, those plastic blue razors. With Harry's, you and I and millions have learned you can get a top-notch shave and save a lot of money. Maybe you are uh, still skeptical, so Harry's has the cure. A free trial. Just use the code B-A-N-D-C when you check out at harrys.com. You just pay the $3 shipping, and your satisfaction is guaranteed. That's a $13 shave kit for just 3 bucks, but only if you use the code B-A-N-D-C. Just go to harrys.com to customize your free trial set. Select a Truman razor in your choice of colors. Comes with one of Harry's amazing blades, their foaming shave gel, and a blade cover for travel. 
Only if you use the code BANDC, you will also get a free sample of Harry's cool and refreshing post-shave balm with aloe and cucumber. It moisturizes, reduces redness, and it smells great. And if you never want to have to reorder blades, you don't have to. Harry's will send you new blades, even more shave gel. On a schedule you select, subscribe to a blade plan and get blades to your door for less than two bucks a piece. Half of what you're paying for big name brands. Amazing free trial. Two weeks of quality shaves for just $3 shipping. Just for our listeners, use the code BANDC at harrys.com. I'm completely sold on Harry's and you will be too. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to the show today. Thank you for joining us. So I'm watching this uh, Frontline special. It's called The Choice, and it basically ran uh, two timelines. Trump's timeline, Hillary Clinton's timeline, and the contrast couldn't be more distinct. It's, it's I kind of see this election as... Uh, well, there's two different metaphors I, I came up with for this. First of all, I think both candidates are facing ghosts of their past in this election. Trump is facing off against ghosts of all of the women and all of the people he has wronged throughout his life through yeah. the through the visage of, of Hillary Clinton. Trump uh, is tr- Trump is the final episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> That's exactly right. Wrong. And then uh, and then Hillary Clinton is facing basically the culmination of all of the guys who have uh, just tried to hold her back and mm-hmm. destroy her. I mean, that's literally destroy her throughout her career. Absolute, that's a great way of looking at it. You're absolutely right. Exactly. And it's also the other metaphor. It's like it, Trump is the big boss in her video game. Yeah, exactly. And that's the exact metaphor. That was the that was the metaphor I wrote about in the Daily Banter, and that's the oh, one I, I was gonna, just going to mention, too. I didn't even see that. Oh, Sorry. yeah, t- totally. I, mean, I must have skipped over that. It's really much like a role-playing game. Well, I, I don't even know if the uh, if the Banter magazine is out yet, so I have no idea if it's out there, but I mean, that's, oh, yeah. what, that's what I wrote. I, I forgot my pieces, too. <laughs> my my uh, my endorsement of Hillary Clinton is called the unbreakable Hillary Clinton, and that's exactly uh, who she is. Um, she is faced, and this is the video game analogy. She has faced one enemy after another. Imagine yourself in a role playing game, and you're playing as Hillary Clinton, and all of these different people pop up. It starts with her dad, for God's sake, who never, never supported her, never encouraged her, even though she's getting phenomenal grades and she's do- having all these successes as a young person. She speaks at her; she's the commencement speaker at her own college graduation. She became, she was so brilliant at college, she became the commencement speaker. And her dad was sort of like, meh. Mr. Rodham, just meh. Jesus Christ. And then just one obstacle after another. The good old boy network in Arkansas. People on the Hill. Bill Clinton himself. Even, uh, of course, then you have all of the the characters from the 1990s. Ken Starr. The vast right-wing conspiracy. All of these men trying desperately to destroy this woman. Why? Because she's got a big brain. She's savvy. She's smart. She knows what she's doing, and she's driven, heaven and, yeah, forbid, to be a driven sit, woman in politics. She doesn't sit the f*** down when she's told to. Exactly. And that's why she's just unbreakable. And the thing is, she's faced all these obstacles, fought all these enemies off, and she keeps moving forward. Nothing. I mean, you, you would have thought that, and, and of course, we've all experienced terrible relationships, terrible breakups. We, most, most of us have been cheated on at some point. Imagine going through what Hillary Clinton went through in the late 1990s, and then coming out of that, I mean, as Bill Clinton was speaking in the Rose Garden following the failed attempt to impeach him, Hillary Clinton was up in the uh, residence at the White House um, preparing her Senate run. Just f*** 
fuck all of this. I'm running for Senate and I'm going to be a success. It's finally my time. And she went and that's what she did. And uh, th- again, this is this is Hillary Clinton, just like a fucking juggernaut, plowing forward regardless of the obstacles placed, and and every up op- every possible up op- in the entire political press had lined up against her by no later than 1994. By the time the healthcare thing failed in 1993, 94. That was it. I mean, everyone turned against her. Even the White House turned against her where she was relegated. And this is a lot to do with Dick Morris. This has a lot to do with uh, a number of other advisors inside the White House, inside the, the Clinton inner circle, who basically relegated her to first lady things. You know, yeah. the, the Christmas tree and the decorations and crap like that, where, you know, she is just as smart as Bill Clinton. She may not have that same charisma. But she's got the same brain. She might even have a better brain. She's more qualified in many ways. She's smarter in many ways than Bill Clinton was. Um, and then, of course, some of the other enemies she ended up having to fight off, Barack Obama, uh, Bernie Sanders. These are all men who have stood in Hillary Clinton's way at one point. Or and everyone knows how I feel about Barack Obama. And, of course, I'm no, I don't hate Bernie Sanders. I, I like Bernie Sanders. Um, but, again, they, they were both obstacles to Hillary Clinton's journey. And now she reaches Donald Trump, and it's like the boss, just like you said, Chad. It's the boss at the end of the video game, or yeah. at the end of this level. Yeah, the worst, the most loathsome, the yeah. most loathsome of the men she's had to face off against. Yeah, I mean, he's the culmination of all of the rat bastards she's had yep. to fight off for her yeah. entire career. All these people who say that she can't, you know, she doesn't have the presidential look. This is Donald Trump's mm-hmm. latest attack. She doesn't look presidential because she's a woman. By and the way, how much do you love that? She doesn't look presidential. Donald Trump looks like a fucking clown. Yeah, he looks like a clown. I mean, he that looks like a clown. He is a joke. Every people have been making fun of Donald Trump's looks for years. Outside of his his suit and tie, name one thing that was presidential about Donald Trump at that goddamn debate. There wasn't a single fucking thing, and he's got the nerves that just because because she has two X chromosomes, she uh, she's not presidential. You know that, I and mean, we talked about this on Tuesday. Trump supporters, tell your grand. I dare you to try to tell your daughters and granddaughters. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? I, uh, I'm never going to be presidential. Why? Oh, because you know you're a woman. You're, you'll never be. You'll never be able to. Asp- you may aspire to that, but you'll never be there. Why? Oh, because you know you're a girl. By the way, someone objected to the fact that I wrote in my uh, my banter piece about that very topic. I, I I was sarcastically referring to I was putting myself in the voice sarcastically of Trump supporters. And let I, me I guess. Said, let me guess. You called her a girl, and some asshole said she's a woman. Yeah. Well, I I used the, the three words: icky cootie girl. Right. And of course, someone bitched on Twitter. Well, I would share that, but icky cootie girl is just oh. wrong. Oh well, like, you know oh, what? You, Suck it up, Buttercup. Yeah snark get get over yourself oh jesus god so um so this this frontline special really emphasized that journey and really emphasized how donald trump simply has no business being president he is a dangerous dangerous man he is nothing but you know what i was this was very clear coming out of this donald trump is nothing but a promoter he's don king basically yeah. donald trump is basically a pitch man now for his own name. It's basically like, I'm going to rent out my name, here, have my name, and then make money off of it, and then I get a chunk of that. That's Trump Steaks. The, the, the Trump, Trump Steaks. Trump yeah. Steak commercial is like one of my favorite things ever. I know. 
These are fabulous steaks. Don't I? I think I have that. I think I have the Trump steak commercial here somewhere. When it comes to great steaks, I've just raised the steaks. The Sharper Image is one of my favorite stores with fantastic products of all kinds. That's why I'm thrilled they agree with me. Trump steaks are the world's greatest steaks, and I mean that in every sense of the word. And the Sharper Image is the only store where you can buy them. Trump steaks are by far the best tasting, most flavorful beef you've ever had. (laughs) Truly in a league of their own. Trump steaks are five-star gourmet, Mm. quality that belong in a very, very select category of restaurant, and are certified Angus Beef Prime. There's nothing better than that. (laughs) Of all of the beef produced in America, less than 1% qualifies for that category. By the way, he's so utterly full of... um, We talked about this last time. He knows nothing about food. No, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know. I mean, here's Hillary Clinton who uh, is eminently qualified to be president of the United States. Donald Trump can't name all the states and capitals. I guarantee you. I mean, I, I, re- I wish in some alternate universe, someone in a debate format would ask him, uh, what's the capital of North Dakota? <laughs> what's, what's the capital of Colorado? Can you name any actual capitals of states? Have you ever read the Constitution from back to back? And by the way, what is Article t- uh, 28? Well, let me tell you, Article 28 is a tremendous article. Well, there is no Article 28. Wrong. Wrong. There is an Article 28. I just made it up. It's the Trump article. It's the secret article. It's called the Trump article. I'm right. licensed Ask my, Sean Hannity. Ask I, Sean Hannity. Ask Sean Hannity. Call him up right now. Jesus, God. Yeah, so, um, so, so Trump basically has reached this point where he has, he's nothing but Ronald McDonald. He's a cartoon spokesman. He's like the cartoon B from the uh, whatever it is, the uh, Honey Nut Cheerios commercials. When Donald Trump is speaking, he is not pitching any sort of substantive policy. He's just pitching his name. It's just more of the same. It's more of Donald Trump marketing his name. It's a name brand. And he is, again, he's a cartoon. He's like Tony the Tiger. You name it. That is Donald Trump. And the fact that so many people are sucked in isn't surprising because modern marketing sucks people in. And that's all Donald Trump is. He's basically an ad agency. And that's what he became. That's what he's that's the only thing he's really been good at selling himself. Yep. Not selling anything substantive. Don't be fooled that he's created so many jobs and he's such a master at that. He just sells his own name. All right, we're going to take another break, come back with more uh, coverage. Oh, my God, Gary Johnson. Did you hear about the Gary Johnson thing from last night? <laughs> Oh, I, cer- I certainly did. Gary Johnson doesn't know the world leaders. More show it's right after these. Definitely the- someone to take seriously. <laughs> right after these words. Okay, you want to know the best way to support the show? The best way to support the Bob and Chez show is to go shopping at Amazon.com using our Amazon link. Here's how you do it. Go to BobSeska.com and click the Amazon link in all caps just beneath the logo on the main page. The link takes you to the main page of Amazon.com as usual. You go shopping. We get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. And if you run a small business and source your materials from Amazon, make sure to use the link for all your purchases. And don't forget to bookmark it. Thanks so much for supporting the show and our Amazon link. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. 
And the second half of today's show is brought to you by the BobSuska.com Amazon link. If you shop at Amazon.com, enter that site using our link just beneath the logo at BobSuska.com, and we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing and helps support the show. Don't forget to bookmark it, and if you have a small business, make sure to source all of your materials through our Amazon link. Okay, so uh, moving along here today with the show, I again, I highly recommend the, uh, the Frontline special. It's on YouTube. You can watch it for free. Watch it from beginning to and and the and the contrast couldn't be more distinct. If you are undecided about Hillary Clinton, you have to watch this thing. She is um, she. I, I mean, I I came away inspired. I I genuinely came away inspired. And I'm someone who worked his ass off in 2008 to make sure that she. <laughs> maybe I was one of those bosses. Maybe I was one of those guys. One of the minor p- people, small people, like fighting fighting her in 2008. Um, but this is, uh, this is a woman who has overcome significant, uh, adversity and, uh, and still plowed forward. And, uh, and, and she's got, uh, she's, she's just so amazingly qualified for this job. She has earned it. If she wins in November, she will have earned it more than any presidential candidate in, uh, in at least modern history, if not all of American history. She's just, she's has sacrificed so much and put herself through so much in pursuit of this goal that it's, uh, it would be justice. It's a matter of justice. It's a matter of fairness that she, uh, would achieve this and, and finally defeat basically the culmination of all the an amalgam of all of the bastards she's fought off throughout her uh, throughout her career so uh hats off to hillary clinton today and uh and i uh, you know i mean if you don't if you don't read the banter thing uh, consider this my uh, strongest possible endorsement for hillary clinton for for president obviously all right so gary johnson is getting a lot of democratic votes he's getting a lot of republican votes obviously people who are never trump uh, some of the people who are never Hillary are also voting for Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson is a fucking idiot. Oh yeah, completely. He's he has a, no, he has no business running for president. He's a yeah. He has no he's, business. He's, he's like Joel Stein. Right. He has no business being out there. No! <laughs> yeah. He has no business being out there. No business. No yeah, business. Yeah. I mean, look, that and that's half the problem. If you're going to run a third party candidate, you'd better make that guy some or woman, pardon me, somebody worth a crap. Yeah, absolutely. You Get, really had better do that instead of these fucking crackpots. If you supported Bernie because born, Bernie Sanders had a policy uh, laid out for fighting climate change, the climate crisis, uh, you, you don't want to vote for Gary Johnson. You know what Gary Johnson said about the climate crisis? What does it matter? The sun is going to explode and envelop the earth anyway. Yeah. That's what he said. That's what Gary Johnson, presidential candidate, former governor of a state... Former governor of New Mexico said that it doesn't matter what happens with the climate crisis, that the sun is going to enlarge and envelop yep. the earth anyway. Yes, in like a billion years. <laughs> so why bother? We might as well just fry to death in the meantime. It's going to eventually kill us anyway. So why not? Um, then, you know, he did this weird thing with Aleppo where he didn't know what Aleppo was. Aleppo and it was the town in Syria. Uh, and then he did this weird tongue thing before the debate where he was being interviewed and he was sitting on a park bench with a reporter. And the video is so weird because they're, they're asking him about why, you know, uh, what would happen if he was part of the debate. And he was he did this thing where he stuck out his tongue and was trying to talk with his tongue hanging out of his mouth. Really, really bizarre. <laughs> 
And then, I mean, like, we all remember this moment. We always remember this. Uh, we've, we've played this clip a bunch of times on the show. This is George W. Bush being asked about world leaders. This is back in uh, 1999, 2000, right when he was running for president for the first time. Can you name the president of Chechnya? No, can you? Can you name the president of Taiwan? Yeah, Lee. The new Pakistani. See, he knew one. He knew one. He knew one. General has just been elected. He's, he's a, not elected. This guy took over office. He appears he's going to bring stability to the country, and I think that's good news for the subcommittee. And you can name him. General. I can name the general. And it's? General. Prime Minister of India? Uh, the new Prime Minister of India is... Vijay Singh. Uh, What's that? Vijay Singh. <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> he, can't, he couldn't do it. He just couldn't name any of the uh, worldly, but he got one. He at least got one. And you know what? It was an obscure one again. Right. That- right. But but he got he got one. He got one by uh, uh, by Jeopardy rules. Just mentioning the surname. <laughs> That's right. He got it, but I mean, you know at what least- he did? No, you know what he did? He just something inside him was like, well, they're all they're all named Lee. Yeah. See, I you know, I honestly think. That a lot of the millennials who are voting third party, who don't understand the threat of Trump, who are just so cavalier, they're like, oh, you're just fear mongering. They, don't, they don't know anything. They don't they know, know it. Know yeah, they don't remember 2002. They don't remember 2003, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. What they- and, and, you know what, and you know what bothers? I think what bothers me is, I don't know. I mean, did, did, you know, I don't know. I felt, I felt like. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just seeing it through rose-colored glasses or generational glasses. Mm-hmm. But I did feel like in 1992 that we were informed enough to where we, we – I mean, it, you know what? I, I, I'm sorry. I take it back. I can't say that because I don't know how the hell everybody else – I know that I personally studied up pretty hard to see Oh, yeah. No, you, you're exactly right. I mean, who it was I wanted to vote for, and I was yeah. not on anybody's bandwagon at any time until I reached a certain point where I'm like, all right, you know what, I like Bill Clinton. Um, but knowing the sort of superficial nature of so many mm-hmm. millennials, not all, but so, so many, I, I'm, it, it offends me to no end their, their absolute – their sense of entitlement and their absolute assuredness yeah. that they are right despite knowing f***ing nothing that's right and and it's clear that the real history of the george w bush administration that george w bush regime is not in the in the memory banks of a lot of new voters a lot of millennial voters who are uh, maybe looking at voting third party and and what they need to understand and sorry if this is condescending fuck off i don't know but look the fact of the matter is that george w bush those years were horrible it was it was like you want to talk about a tennis ball tennis ball machine of awfulness. It was yeah, one thing was. after another, one thing after another, and but you know what? Compared to Trump, I mean, it's like nothing, fucking nothing. This Trump yeah. is going to be so much worse than George W. Bush. He is going to be far more unpredictable. He has no regard whatsoever for decorum or the the traditions of the office. Doesn't give a flying fuck about any of that stuff. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. And yet I'm watching MSNBC every night and I see Nicole Wallace on there. Nicole Wallace was the communications director for George W. Bush. She was basically the PR front for the Bush, the Bush White House, the Bush regime. And, you know, I, I hear her talking on uh, MSNBC, eminently reasonable. 
totally re- reasonable sounding Republican. She, mm. of course, had the enthusiasm whipped out of her to a certain extent because she had to uh, fucking corral Sarah Palin in 2008. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that the, the former Bush people, Mark McKinnon, the same way, they were both yeah. on, uh, on the 11th hour with Brian Williams last night. They sound reasonable. Th- that's how far we have come. Trump is so maniacal and so despotic that we look at George W. Bush people and we go, these are reasonable people. Where were those people? Where are those people anymore? You know, and that's what's insane about it because the George W. Bush people were absolutely fucking nuts. They did really terrible, were. terrible things to the world and fucked me over. <laughs> I hate to put it on a personal level, but that re- recession fucked me over a thousand different ways. Right. And you know what? And look, let's face it. A lot of these, you know, you know me in gender politics, but a lot of these asshole kids, these Jill Stein people and these these fucking uh, uh, Bernie <laughs> Sanders people, the people who are still still I'm kidding, dude, I'm st- I'm getting I just got a whole series of tweets aimed at me. Yeah. People still fucking the Bernie Sanders chicken. Oh, God. And, and they're and they're all white, though. And as I wrote one, you know, I wrote this during my whole my series of tirades against uh, the Bernie bros. I said, I'm like. You are not going to be the people on the front line yep. for Trump. And more importantly than that, how dare you? Because, I mean, I remember there were a couple of articles. I think it was, I can't remember, whoever that, that asshole was who wrote about it for Salon, mm-hmm. who said, well, you know what? We survived, uh, you know, we survived the um, the Bush years. And no, not all of us did. No. A bunch of people were killed in 9-11. A bunch of yeah. people drowned in Katrina. Thousands died in the war that we didn't need to get into. That's right. God damn it. Yeah. And the, I mean, the recession, I mean, they're, they're still calculating the ultimate impact of the Great right, Recession. Exactly. And that had a lot to do with George W. Bush, the debt that we have right now, the national debt that Donald Trump is bitching about right now. That's George W. Bush. That is the Great Recession. Yep. Right. But none of that. I mean, it all gets lost because I, I want to make sure that uh, there are no drones in the skies, even though Bernie Sanders would have continued Barack Obama's uh, drone program. It's just it's that that to me is it's just a riot. Yeah. They latch on to their little pet ideas, refusing to see the big picture, just refusing to see it. That's right. You know, and they and they and they really can't see the forest for the trees on this nope. because, dear God. If if they could, they would see. What, do you really think Trump is going to stop using drones? Jesus Christ! Trump is going to start droning everybody. <laughs> he really, Trump, really Trump is. is going to Trump is going to drone a fisherman who pulls up next to one of our quote unquote beautiful destroyers. Yeah, he's going to fucking blow it out of the water. Absolutely. And w- what Alex Jones doesn't realize is Trump's going to inaugurate uh, martial law here in the United States. I mean, these are all terrible things that Trump is going to do, and then a million other terrible things that we can't even predict. We're going to take another break, come back, and uh, get into this Gary Johnson clip. Plus, I have a false equivalence thing I want to get to uh, right after these words. Wow, great party. Thanks. Hey, uh, where's, where's the bathroom? Down the hall, second door on the left. What's the matter? You've got some f***ed up shit going on in your bathroom. Are Billy Kelly having sex in there again? I told him to use the bedroom. No, man. There's some glowy baby. Oh, that's my glow with God baby Jesus soap on a rope from Bubble Genius. It smells like baby powder. Dude, it was speaking to me with angels singing. Uh Uh-huh. You had one of those brownies in the kitchen, didn't you? Hmm. 
Cleanliness is next to godliness at Bubble Genius. Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Wrong. <laughs> Welcome back to our Thursday show. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for joining us at uh, Patreon.com slash Bob and Chez and supporting the show there. People waiting for some kind of sign. Okay, Gary Johnson is a fucking moron. He was on... Uh, uh, Hardball. Hardball did one of the town hall things last night with Chris Matthews. With uh, it, was, it was Gary Johnson and his running mate Bill Weld, um, and they were asked by by Chris Matthews who their favorite foreign leaders are. And of course, as a libertarian, you have to answer this question very carefully. So I will grant that to Gary Johnson because there are so few genuine libertarian. Uh, foreign leaders out there who aren't despots. I mean, I guess the the first you, you could probably call Vladimir Putin to somebody. Uh, maybe even not. I don't know. I mean, who's a libertarian foreign leader out there? I, I really can't name any. But uh, neither can Gar- Gary Johnson. Couldn't name a single foreign leader. Doesn't matter whether it's libertarian or not. Here's uh, Chris Matthews last night. Who's your favorite foreign leader? Who's my favorite? Any, just name anywhere in the country. Any oh, one of the continents. Oh, any- uh, my favorite thing, when, when, you, when you ask the question back to stall for time. Uh, who? Fort? What? Wrong. My favorite foreign leader. You know, that's a good, that's a good question. That's a, that's a very, very tremendous question. Very tremendous question. You know, I could name my favorite Pepperidge Farm cookie, but I can't name any foreign leaders, and he can't. Any country, name one foreign leader that you respect and look up to. Anybody. Island, Shimon Peres. Canada, Mexico. Okay, so so Bill Weld said Shimon Peres, who, who of course died. Right. I, I I heard his name on TV. Yeah. And then Chris Matthews says what they obviously cut out of this clip is Chris Matthews saying, "No, a living foreign leader." Right. And so, and then of course Gary Johnson can't name it. Go Europe over there, like Asia, South America, Africa. Name a foreign leader that you respect. I guess I'm having an Aleppo moment in the former former president. But I'm of giving Mexico. you the whole world. I know. I know. I know. Anybody I know. in the world you like? Anybody? Pick any leader. <laughs> the former president no. of Mexico. Which one? I'm, I'm having a brain. I'm well, name brain anybody. Fox. The Fox. Okay, who's your favorite foreign leader? Get him off the hook. Name a foreign Fox. leader you respect. He was, he was terrific. I'm having an Aleppo moment. Of course, he can't say. I mean, the, the, the one that's right on the tips of everyone's tongue, of course, is Justin Trudeau. You say Justin Trudeau. He's a great, yeah. p- pretty great foreign leader in Canada. But a libertarian candidate can't say that the leader of Canada. Well, sure. He doesn't care about government. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's not going to say uh, Merkel. You know, he's not going to say Hollande. He's not going to say any of these other. Certainly not going to say Putin. Um, And it's a combined problem. It's a combined problem of not only one, uh, not remembering any foreign leaders, just any random name pulled out of his ass, but also uh, he can't name any. The correct answer should have been uh, Barack Obama since he was born in Kenya. (laughs) Right. But of course, he can't name one that's uh, satisfactory to all of his libertarian supporters either. So, because you know what, there is no functioning government. There is no functioning libertarian government in the world. All the libertarian nations right now, Somalia to a certain extent, Sudan, all these libertarian nations are f-ed beyond belief. So you can't you can't even name historic uh, libertarian leaders. 
It's just because it's all mythology. It's basically, it all comes out of Ayn Rand, who's the L. Ron Hubbard of politics. Atlas Shrugged is Dianetics for political uh, teenagers. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. All right. Yeah. So uh, speaking of fucking ridiculous, I've said fuck a lot on today's show. I don't yeah, know why. Can't you stop saying fuck all the time? I don't know. You get to bleep it. Yep, I know. It'll be like three hours bleeping the show. Um, so the false equivalent, we've been talking about this a lot lately, how there's two sets of rules. There's a, a, a political press is dealing with this uh, false equivalence again with Trump and Hillary by basically painting this horrendous despot with the same brush as they're painting someone, Hillary Clinton, who has earned this job, who is eminently qualified to do this job. And so the day after, the morning after the debate, this was Wednesday morning, this was uh, the report on Good Morning America. And we're going to play this through. Uh, this is in reaction to what happened to the debate. There's some debate clips in here, but, uh, but bear with it, because uh, toward the end here, this is the, the point of what I'm getting at. Robin, good morning to you. What a night in front of that massive audience. Hillary Clinton called Donald Trump a racist, a sexist, and said he was not releasing his taxes because he wanted to hide his tax rate. Now, Donald Trump said Hillary Clinton is not healthy enough to become president and said after 30 years in public service, she has nothing to show for it. So you see how that's presented? And that's not even my Amazing. point. But I mean, here's they, they lead off. Again, this is good morning, America. This is millions of people people watching um they lead off with uh, hillary clinton said this and that but donald trump also said these other things which by the way were showstoppers were beyond anything any other political candidate any other presidential candidate has said during a, a general election televised debate and it's yet it's just uh, yeah uh donald trump said that she's unhealthy no 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 just awful let's continue here the first presidential debate turned into a backyard brawl. So when you try to act holier than thou, it really doesn't work. I have a feeling that by the end of this evening, I'm going to be blamed for everything that's ever happened. Why not? Why not? Yeah, why not? Early on, Clinton painting Trump as a rich kid who turned into a ruthless businessman. Uh, he started his business with $14 million borrowed from his... No, by the way, never mind that it's actually true. You know, these are these are mm -hmm. things we don't talk about. It's just Hillary Clinton said it. Not that it's actually true and accurate. Father, and he really believes that the more you help wealthy people, the better off we'll be and that everything will work out from there. I don't buy that. The candidates repeatedly interrupting each other and also interrupting the moderator, Lester Holt. The candidates repeatedly interrupted each other and interrupted the moderator. Again, the candidates repeatedly interrupted each other. So basically, you're coming away from this. You didn't watch the debate, and you're only catching the highlights on Good Morning America. You think, well, both candidates were interrupting and doing the shouty thing that, they, that candidates always do on the presidential debate stage. Wrong. 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 <laughs> okay, so here's the reality. We need, to, we need to combine that with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Commando. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have that. Wrong. Wrong. Um, so here's the reality of the interruption thing. Again, this is Good Morning America saying, oh, both candidates were interrupting each other and we're moving on to what's the next thing. Hillary Clinton was interrupted 51 times by Donald Trump. 51. Uh, this is according to PBS NewsHour. All right. This is an unimpeachable... Uh, uh, news organization. 51 times Trump interrupted Hillary Clinton. You know how many times Hillary Clinton interrupted Trump? Mm. 17. 17 times. 
17 times, but yet they were both interrupting each other. That's the false equivalence right there. That's taking Hillary's not so uh, harmful trespasses and putting them on the same level as Donald Trump's atrociousness. That's why the polls are the way they are right now. That's why we're so f***ed up as a country. That's why there are so many damaged people making damaged decisions on this election right now. And I'm talking about the uh, the Pepe the Frog loving uh, uh, alt-right white yeah. supremacist people who are voting for Donald Trump. Meanwhile, I saw this lower third on CNN. You know what it said? The Trump sniffles versus the Clinton shimmy. So it's putting the fact that Donald Trump spent the entire night doing this. Yeah. Right? Sniffing. For some reason that he hasn't disclosed. And no one's asking him to disclose. Like, why were you sniffling? He even said, I wasn't sniffling. He actually sure. said on Fox and Friends, yeah, I wasn't he, sniffling. He blamed, the, he blamed the mic. Yeah, he blamed the mic. The microphone was crackling. No, that was you sniffing incessantly throughout but, the debate where everyone think, was just, talking about it. And yet that's the same as Hillary Clinton for one second doing a, uh, oh, well, doing a little shimmy with her body. By the, by the way, that was amazing. Completely that's, harmless and amazing. Yeah. Um, the ama- you know what's incredible about that? What? I mean, I know it shouldn't come as a shock, but but mm-hmm. think about how brazen that is. Oh, yeah. She basically goes on, this is something that happened, this is something that happened literally what? Eight hours ago, mm-hmm. when he goes on Fox and Friends, something like that. Yeah. Eight, nine hours ago. And he says that something he did, something a hundred million people saw, did not happen. Exactly. I was not, I wasn't sniffling. Yeah, I wasn't sniffling. Everyone and the microphone heard it. The microphone was defective. He's still playing that card. <laughs> the goddamn, even though everyone heard him loud and clear, there was nothing wrong with his microphone. That is a lie. This guy, you know, and then what they do is then they report it like, well, you know, he's lying about the microphone. But what did Hillary do that's kind of the same? Even though it's not even in the same universe of egregiousness as whatever Donald Trump has said. And meanwhile, everyone's running over to vote for Gary Johnson. And Gary Johnson's a fucking moron. I mean, he's worse than George W. Bush. Both of these guys, Trump, Gary Johnson... They have no business, no business being out there. No! <laughs> we had no business being out there! No business! Neither of them. Jesus, God. All right, uh, for the post-mortem show, we're going to talk about... Uh, Trump keeps talking about Alicia Machado and yeah. can't shut the f*** up. He's perfect. Just digging his own hole. Best thing that could happen at this point, even though I feel terrible, and we should all feel terrible for Alicia Machado, who just absolutely doesn't deserve this. But, of course, he can't keep his mouth shut. He's, he's got to justify himself. He's got to explain himself because, well, it's Trump. It's what he does. He sells Trump. Uh, plus, the Trump Foundation is doing some self-dealing. Maybe we'll talk about that. Uh, oh, and uh, Rush Limbaugh weighed in on uh, the Machado thing, which Thank is God. highly uh, ironic in so many ways. So that'll be the post-mortem show. It's where as soon as this music that you're hearing right now stops, we keep talking because we can't stop talking. And uh, we talk for another 10, 15 minutes, but only the only people who can hear it are the people who sign up uh, for at least $5 a month at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. And you get, uh, for, for $5 a month, you get the uh, two post-mortem shows. For $10 a month, you get two post-mortem shows and the after party, which we record on Fridays. And uh, for $15 a month, you get uh, the two post-mortem shows, the after party, and a uh, unbleeped, 
commercial-free version of this show that you've just been listening to. To bargain at twice the price, we pass the savings along to you. All right, that's coming up next. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks, folks. See you on the after party. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.